0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at Clip it TV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz and the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence
1: is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up and fires on the run. Complete the across midfield. Look at that kid. Hertz got out of. came across the field, and there was great movement by Wentz, and he threw a dart. He threw a dart.
2: Is episode 180, which is crazy, of, of BGN Radio 200 is a uh, is creeping right around the corner. Excited to get to it, I'm sure. Uh, my co-host, I'm James Seltzer. My co-host today uh, remembers our 100th episode when it seemed like we just spent two hours just congratulating each other and laughing at each other's jokes. Uh, but we had fun with it, so uh, I'd like, and and since then, and in, in, in the eighty episodes, my co-host now is uh, is branching out and is the host of his own show with uh, with Mr. Trevor Strunk, of course Hegelbon on Twitter at Hegelbon on Twitter, uh, Mr. Matt Daring, host of Don't Go to the Phones, and and of course those of our post game coverage as well. Matt, my brother, what's going on, man? You've become like a big star since the last time we chatted.
1: Uh, doing pretty well, Jimmy Fizz. Uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be on the show. It's good to be back here at my at my dining room table talking to a whole different guy.
2: A whole different guy. It's exciting. you know. I, I, think, I, I think
1: I, I think I, have a, I, I think I might qualify for a new coupon because in the last week I've recorded with three different people. You that's know, pretty I, exciting. Uh, I did the reaction show last week with John Stolness, and I did. I'm doing this one with you, and I recorded with Trevor last week too. So you know, three guys in in five days. I'm I'm busy.
2: I love it. I love it. I, I, well, it, it, you know, first of all, uh mentioned John. Really excited to have John as part of the uh, the BGN family. now. I've been a big fan of John's for a while, and uh, it's crazy, man. We're doing all kinds of stuff here, Matt. There's all kinds of action happening. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, you're a star. It's, I'm just excited I actually have the time, you know, I can actually get, you know— 30, 40 minutes of your time or you'd actually take it to actually talk to me.
1: Yeah, actually my publicist is in the room right now and she's tapping her watch so
2: <laughs> all right I tell Caroline I'm sorry and we'll get right into it all right uh, because we really we really do have something super uh, crazy important to talk about. I mean it's been it feels like the end of an era, you know uh, an era that we all cared about we all loved. A uh, uh, Kelly has left Philadelphia. Dennis Kelly, Undertaker lookalike extraordinaire. I mean, really, when the team dresses up as WWE characters, who's going to play the Undertaker now, Matt? That's my biggest fear with that with this deal here.
1: I don't think I think we're going to have to be an Undertakerless <laughs> WWE <laughs> review. I mean, I guess they'll just have to go to back, you know, to a different era.
2: Yeah. So, so that's the news. Of course, the Eagles trade Dennis Kelly straight up for uh, Doriel Green Beckham. Beckham, of course, a uh, let's say as a bit of a troubled past it was at Missouri in college and then, uh, uh, had to leave for, uh, some stuff that we'll get into in a little bit to discuss. Um, and you know, obviously if true is, uh, doesn't paint the best picture of him, but, um, uh, you know, obviously also some trouble on the field, but, uh, talented enough to get taken in the second round last year. So, um, and a position of need, of course, Eagles trading away from a position of, of thin or, or a needed position as well. So, um, Uh, let's get into that real quick before we jump into the trade itself. Um, you know, before we'll get into kind of the good and the bad, the, we'll look at it from a value perspective and also of course, from the, uh, the human being perspective, but, but real quick, Matt, um, there was some pretty good news that, uh, that kind of counterbalanced some of the, uh, the character issues with this team, at least in Howie Roseman's mind, Matt, what, what, what happened, my friend?
1: Yeah. So it was interesting. They had, um, they announced that Doug and uh, Howie would be giving a press conference after practice today, and uh, so it was. A, it was the last practice at training camp. Camp broke. We get to stop hearing everybody complaining about it, and people can start complaining about something else. Um, but Howie came out and talked and said, basically, yeah, uh, we love him. We, you know, we love what he does in the field. Uh, we. You know, we think he's a really good player. Uh, you know, thank you to Dennis. You know, so long, all that good stuff. And then he said, somebody asked, uh, I don't know who it was. They, you know, most of the guys sound the same, except for BLG. Um, he said, uh, "Are you are you worried that you're bringing in too many, you know, questionable character guys to the to the team?" And and uh, how he was like, "No, we feel like we have a pretty good, um, you know, pretty good support system here." Oh, and speaking of, we'd love to announce that uh we've hired brian dawkins on full time so you know i can only imagine (laughs) what's (laughs) going to happen if they have you know say carson wentz gets arrested i wonder if brian dawkins is going to get a promotion you know or whatever because i guess it was sort of funny like i mean it was literally just bang bang like that no we think we have a good locker room speaking of which we've hired brian dawkins like i don't know if it was like supposed to be a distraction thing i mean i guess they they, they probably think that he him working with the football players is going to be a good move for them organizationally but um Yeah. Uh, So they hired Brian Dawkins full time. I guess he was here on some some part time uh, fellowship established by someone to help former players break into front office type roles. And uh, they moved him right into the football operations side. They called him like a football operations executive or some such. So uh, congrats to him. I know that's going to be a very popular move Uh, for their part. The front office seems to be very, very aware of the sorts of things that people want to see. And that's that thing is Brian Dawkins. So he's here.
2: (laughs) No, and look, uh, you know, I, I do think I think the idea of bringing Brian Dawkins into any organization, especially one where he holds such an important historical place and, and such an important place with the fans, is a good idea. You know, if the Broncos brought him in to be a, a coach or a trainer or whatever, you know, a, a front office guy, I would be down with it. I think Dawkins is a football guy. He, uh, you know, obviously put his heart out there every time he was out there. He's clearly the type of guy who – Uh, you would think would make a difference from a culture perspective in a locker room you know obviously his story is one of coming from struggle and and finding a way to get through some issues that he had and and um so you know and obviously an unbelievable motivator and all that type of stuff so i think it's a a really it's a great hire um you know you obviously i think you applaud the pr person who said all right so uh, we're gonna take a hit on this Beckham thing because we've already taken a few hits with all the people we brought in and kind of the reversal here. Why don't we announce this Dawkins thing now? And and, it, and of course it's just so the way how he just threads it in there as uh you know the, it's a, it's about the trade. But oh uh, yeah, we'll be fine because we got talk, You know it just throws it in there. It's um you know cr- they did it well, good to them. But at the same time, it doesn't. I don't think it it's enough to alleviate uh you know if there are real legitimate locker room issues or personality people issues with some of these people and we'll see again this is some of this stuff is alleged some of this stuff is seems more concrete than others but um let, let's segue as exciting as the Dawkins news is that's that's the good news let's let's go into the trade itself Matt I want to start because it is kind of um uh, uh, controversial I don't want to say but kind of a hot button trade in the sense that um you know we look at it uh the uh, the value of the trade but there's also that that off the field stuff. So so let's table the off the field stuff for a second. Then we'll come to that and, and discuss that after but strictly from a value perspective from a, a needs perspective. You know what is your takeaway of of straight up Dennis Kelly for DGB?
1: Uh I think it's pretty notable. Um Guys like Dennis Kelly, look, I think Dennis Kelly's had a much better NFL career than he really had any right to. And I tweeted about this, and I'm sure it wasn't very popular. But, you know, if you look back at who Dennis Kelly was, he's a a weird-looking guy, Uh, you know, big guy, sort of athletic, not very strong, never really got there. Wasn't invited to the Combine, you know. Came out of Purdue, which is just a, been a crappy program since time immemorial. And, uh, you know, he's he's lasted. He lasted through, you know, this is his third regime. I guess you couldn't really say he lasted. But, you know, he's stuck around. And he can sort of play. I mean, he's a swing tackle. But he, most of his value is just in the fact that he makes seven hundred grand instead of $2 million, you know. And um, as far as that goes, he's about to be making a little bit more than that just because his contract is up after this year. So more or less, I feel like Dennis Kelly is just sort of nothing. You know, he is like... I mean, that's just the the contract situation as a whole probably makes him like one of the least valuable guys on the roster. So for the fact that they were able to trade it away for a skill position player who, and look, I mean, let's be honest, like uh, I was giving John crap about this earlier on, on Twitter, but like the fact that the fact that the Titans were like, yeah, sure, we'll take this like warm body, this guy who's six foot seven and can't really get into a pass set very well. You know, we'll take that guy off your hands if you, uh, uh, if, you know, if you just. I'm just sick of looking at this guy. So, but as far as actually shipping out uh, Dennis Kelly and getting back like a skill position player. You know, somebody who might play meaningful snaps for the Eagles, and and that's sort of a scary thought. Um, that seems like great value to me. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with it, with everything you said. Great point about Dennis Kelly too. Uh, I don't, you know, I worked for the team for three years, and and he was there all three years. And incredibly nice guy, but never felt like someone who would, you know, spend a career in the NFL. Was kind of an awkward dude. Was really quiet, you know. It just It's a really good point about him. He's really hung around and, like you said, hung through three regimes as a fifth-round pick out of Purdue um, without ever really excelling on the field, just kind of being okay.
1: Yeah, um, would you believe he played 30 games and started 15 for the it, Eagles it, in his it, time I was here? Ju-
2: I was literally just looking at it. It's unbelievable how much he's yeah. played. In him. But I, I think it's a good point. In terms of a, a talent upside perspective, he's nowhere close to what DGB, to what Beckham can bring to this team. Um, theoretically, uh, obviously, I think the point you make was was literally the very first thing that I thought of with this trade before I even thought of the off the field. Anything else was simply the Titans took this guy in the second round last year and they're trading him for Dennis Kelly like, what the fuck? You know, it's like I basically, you know, it, it, it makes me feel like this guy is uh, – it makes me not very hopeful for his upside based strictly on that, that a team would give up on him that quickly um, and and that profoundly, as it were. Uh, But but having said that, from a talent perspective, again, um, you know, before he transferred, he was probably a a first-round pick if he hadn't had the issues in college for sure, probably one of the best talent receivers in the draft that year. and when the second round is a guy who left Missouri, didn't even play his final year when he transferred to Oklahoma, he ended up going right into the draft and and, and going in the second round and showed some flashes, but uh, obviously seems like a bit of a knucklehead. Outside of the off the field stuff, seems like he doesn't, at least from everything that I've heard today and looking up about him and reading stuff. You know, I heard Frank Wycheck talk about him, who obviously does the color work down in Tennessee and, and a former Titan, longtime Titan. He said that he just gets the impression the kid just doesn't want it. Like, he's not, you know, he's not wired that way. He's not someone who cares enough about football. And who knows? I I don't know if that's the case or or whatever. But it certainly seems like he's got a lot more talent than he has ever at any point, maybe at least since high school, I guess, put onto the field.
1: Yeah, and um, I guess, I I mean, I sort of think the one way to look at it is that this might be sort of one of his stops on his way out of the league and and i guess that i mean it's good that we didn't spend a, a second rounder on him if that's the case you know you know what i mean like oh e- yeah oh yeah like he you know this is a guy who this was the number one recruit coming out of high school the, his year you know everybody knew who he was uh shouts to bryce brown by the way he was also the number one recruit know. coming Fair out of high God. school his year he so was. and so you know and bryce brown was like a seventh round pick like i think that's sort of what we're talking about here like this guy played what one year in college and it wasn't very good uh and then he um you know it was it was inconsistent to say the least and I'm sure that there's like a billion people who've got a billion reasons why that is and I don't really i don't know I mean the easy one would probably be that he's eighteen years old or whatever but um. The, the other thing, uh, the, thi- the thing about him is that, I mean, I guess you're just sort of hoping that he is anything, right? And we gave up somebody who was, like, guaranteed to not be anything. So, you know, as far as the cost goes, I don't know. And, and as far as who he is as a player, maybe this will be a wake-up call for him. You know, maybe this is a better situation. I certainly think that the team feels like this is a better situation um as far as you know can they maximize their talent can they take these sort of mercurial guys who maybe don't always care and and do a little bit of something with them you know sort of this team that we hoped would you know that the that the teams of the past would be and we haven't really seen them put together but you know i think they're hoping that that's the case here because the guy is you know he's very talented physically he's very large he's you know very athletic uh i know ben was down in his athletic numbers but uh uh, our good friend Dave Mangles made the point that, um, that it did not seem out of character for him at all to tank the combine, you know, sort of or or at least just sort of sleepwalk his way through it. And uh, that sort of segues well to my next thing, which is that this is the sort of guy that you get that either tanks or sleepwalks his way through the combine. So, you know, this is we did not just trade Dennis Kelly for a bona fide superstar, like let's be honest. But Oh um, yeah. I, Matt, yeah.
2: I think that's a great I mean he this guy is a reclamation project. That's what people need to look which at. Which is incredible
1: ass. to think that that the number one recruit in high school And a go, second round pick last year. And a year. second like, round a, pick last year like, could he was go to being round a reclamation last project year at the age uh, of twenty three.
2: Yeah, no, it's crazy and, and look. <laughs> Look, and, and, and again, the point, and I made this point on the last podcast, and I, I stand by it and I will stand by it in the sense that I don't – look, I'm going to root for the Eagles with, with all my heart every time I watch them play, no matter how good, bad, indifferent, whatever they are. Uh, even before the Lane Johnson stuff went down, I, I have always looked at this year as, as not that I don't care, but that I want moves that they make and decisions they make to be geared towards – Getting the team ready for when Wentz is going to be the guy and when they're really building towards something. So, so if you want, you know, I want, I want, I, I hope, and we're going to get to it. I hope Isaac Samalo ends up if you know the Lane Johnson stuff happens. I hope he's the starter over Wisniewski because I know what Wisniewski is and he's not that good. And and Samalo, there's a chance he could be something when Wentz is good. So in that sense. Dennis Kelly is not going to be anything at any point, really, but certainly not going to be anything important when Wentz is here uh, and moving forward as part of this team. And theoretically, if DGB has turned a corner, both obviously from an off-the-field standpoint and and on the field and wanting to do it and and wanting to put that talent to use and, and get coached up, then there's the chance this is an absolute home run of a trade. It's just a very, very small chance when you really look at the situation, the history of the NFL, everything you hear about the guy, and and look also the fact that we don't know there's we're putting a lot of faith in the fact that the, again we set a reclamation project that this coaching staff has the ability to to coach him back up and get him in the straight and narrow, and and you know what at least from from you know I just. And I, I guess that's a pretty good time to – a pretty good way to segue into that, that off-the-field stuff that we mentioned with Dawkins and we mentioned, um, you know, as well, part of being part of the trade in the sense that, that you know, like we, we – I think we both agree we could both say the takeaway from this trade is that from an on-the-field perspective, it's kind of a no-brainer in the sense that there's a lot of upside at a skill position that they have need who could be a piece of the future for for, for nothing. Even though it's depth right now, it's nothing. Um, well but-
1: so the last thing I'll say before we get on to that is that um, this used to be the Howie special is that he did this back of the roster churn and we always remember that there was always some guy that he got late in the process who made the roster you remember that um, I'm trying to remember there was like a cornerback one year and got from the Bengals and uh, Cody Parkey was a good example of that and you know he always just used to take these guys and be like all right we're sick of, we're sick of looking at this guy who are you sick of looking at and right. I think that this this guy's got name recognition but that's really all this is is this is just sort of him churning that back of the roster and trying to see, you know, what else is out there. And I agree, you know, getting a young guy building towards the future, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get down in the muck and and talk about this guy.
2: All right. Let's segue into the the off the field issues. And um, again, it's alleged uh, in the sense that, you know, he never got tried for this, but the reason he was kicked out of Missouri uh, was because he had some domestic violence issues. Apparently he was looking for his girlfriend and threw another girl down a flight of stairs um and uh, apparently the reason that it did not get go to court was because of uh, witnesses fearing retribution quote unquote. So um, the whole thing really had, had a has a really awful bad taste to it. and um, again, look, I'm a big believer in second chances, you know, when Michael Vick came here and, and and it seemed like he really, you know embraced his second chance throughout the whole thing that he's done and then who knows if he's gonna play again with all those crazy rumors. but, um, with DGB, I don't, it hasn't seemed like we've seen anything where he's, you know, either a, been accountable for this or changed one way or the other. Um, how do you process this as an Eagles fan? And, and we're going to get into some of the stuff that Ben Natan said later. Our, our buddy, uh, uh, check out his new podcast, the ginger genuine draft as well. Um, as we just have more programming than anyone can deal with. Um, but Matt, uh, you know, how do you process this? Both as an Eagles fan, uh, and obviously as a, as someone who talks about the team and writes about the team, and watches the team um, from both the the you know the fan perspective, but also the locker room perspective. And the fact that you know there are a fair amount of guys now on this team, uh, and, and I think you know a lot of people think Chip went a little too far with the culture stuff. But either way, there there are a fair amount of guys on this team who you know might not be the best people, and and if uh, you know we're gonna Get on our high horses when Greg Hardy is, you know, a Dallas Cowboy. Um, do we have to kind of turn around ourselves too, Matt?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess it's easy to sort of just hold my nose. This guy is not the face of the franchise. This is some back of the roster type. Um, and anyway, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's heavy. Um, yeah,
2: it is. It's a bummer. It is heavy, isn't it? And, I, I and
1: guess. I guess the first thing that I would say the first the first box that with stuff like this is that want these guys to express some sort of remorse you know and i think that was one thing like greg hardy was like greg hardy was like none of that greg hardy i guess he cut some big fat check and decided that he could buy his way out of jail forever or something i don't know that guy's that guy's did not express remorse that guy did not seem to have any sort of perspective on what he is or who he, he is he did the opposite really yeah to, and like, like or like the the just the sheer amount of like privileged and messed up systems that are in place that like got him where he was uh i think i guess from my perspective from what little i read about green beckham since then you know he still seems like he's maybe a surly asshole but he did go to see counseling (laughs) you know if you go to his uh twitter page it's got a bunch of stuff that he's done working with kids and stuff i mean that's a very different person now look i don't think any of this really excuses him but i think when you're talking about the process of moving on from something like this i guess those are the sorts of first steps i'd like to see
2: yeah, I agree. I don't know. I kind of hate the guy. It's yeah, just, and that's it, totally
1: and that's totally fair. Look, and please don't yell at me. All right, I don't want that.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at too as we'll talk yeah. about it again with Ben. But I just yeah. look again. I like the trade from a value perspective, and I'm willing to give him a chance and see what he's like. Look, we're gonna, you know, the way this media landscape is in Philly, we have, you know. 10 reporters that for every other, you know, NFL city's one reporter, it appears. So, we're going to find out all about this guy. We're going to hear him talk. We're going to see him, you know, how he acts, how he practices. We're going to hear about all that stuff. So, I think we're going to get our own chance to form our own impression. But anytime you hear something like that and it really appears that it's true, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, fear of retribution and throwing women downstairs in an attempt to go after another woman. It's just something that I have a real hard time reconciling. Look, I'm I'm an Eagles fan. I'm gonna root for this team, but that doesn't mean I have to like everyone on the team. And you know, unless I see something from from Beckham that that changes it, in my mind as you know, I'm going in not liking him. You know, and I, I think on the whole, I I totally think Chip overdid it with the culture thing. I think you need an edge. I think you need some guys who maybe aren't necessarily choir boys. Um, but I also think you have to draw the line at certain things and. I agree. I think the the real difference. And Greg Hardy, obviously, we know for sure. You know, for sure what he did, and even though he didn't get convicted, um, and and he showed zero remorse. He actually, you know, played it up and was like, you know, went the other way. Was a total dick about it, and and was indignant about it almost. Um, so so I'm with you, and we'll move on because no one wants to hear too much about this type of thing. But personally, like, listen. It's okay to not like this guy, and it's okay to, to yeah. Root it definitely for him, is. I want your wanna, team, you know. It's, I want to put that out there.
1: And like, look, yeah. you can even be rooting for him to lose his job. You know, you can like, like whatever. Do whatever you want. Watch football however you want to watch football. Exactly. Ne- neither of us are here to tell you how to watch football. In fact, none of us are. And if anybody ever tries to wo- tell you how to watch football, you tell them that it's football.
2: That's exactly right. We're just trying to have you enjoy football, like we enjoy football, so we can all <laughs> enjoy yeah. it together.
1: And on that
2: note, before we uh, before we head into that preview of this crucial, monster, huge <laughs> preseason game two, week two against the Steelers, uh, let's toss it over to our good buddy who uh, who just had to move the other day, and, and uh, I'll save you all from my rant on moving. But needless to say, I think. Uh, most people who've done it agree it's the fucking worst thing on the planet. Uh, but that aside, our our moved-in new buddy, or not new buddy, buddy in a new place, Mr. John Barchard.
0: Before we get into the the breakdown of what we're wanting to see in this game, our good sponsor, ClipIt. ClipIt is, uh, again, I know I say it every time, but it literally is the hottest app that is out there. You can record Live television, up to 30 seconds in full HD quality. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. It's great for blog posts, too, if you're trying to really nail down something. It is essential for football season for a couple of different reasons. One, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Like, it is live television in the palm of your hand no matter where you're going. James, there's a little bit of a a sneak here because I get dragged away every now and again to obligations or, you know, shopping Home Depot. It's a busy Sunday. Whatever it is. And I want to check in on fantasy football. Sometimes you're away for Eagles games. You have to be there. It is the stealth way of watching a game right in the palm of your hand. I mean, in 30 second increments. But if you got nothing else, like it is very
2: clever, John. Very
0: it is clever. there. It is free and it is a must have. Go check them out. It's for the Android. It's for uh, the Apple store. It's everywhere. Clip it. TV on the web and also on Twitter at ClipItTV.
2: Alright, Matty, let's uh, let's get into this man. We get some Steelers preview. There's um you know again I, I talked with John John and I did the preview show for, for last week's game and it was it was one of those things where it's like we just wanna see Wentz, we just wanna see Wentz, and now it's like that's gone. So I you know I and, and there are things to look for and I do want to talk about the offensive line a bit, but you know how excited can you get for this game, and and if you are excited, what do you? What's getting you excited? What 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 are you looking for? What what kind of oh, stands
1: out? I am pumped for this game. I tell you what, <laughs> this one is for all the sandwiches with fries on them. This is for it's a Pittsburgh joke. Um, uh, yeah. yes, I don't I know. Felt yeah, flat. Like, you
2: know why? Because I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm from Philadelphia. Oh uh, yeah, Pittsburgh.
1: Sorry, all all of Pittsburgh listens. I don't, to, I don't have a
2: problem Pittsburgh. <laughs>
1: You ever come here to visit, they'll put fries in anything you want. Um,
2: Uh, I mean, you know what? I can respect that. And they're not crispy fries.
1: They're like gross fries soaking in coleslaw water. Uh, Uh, But enough about Primanti brothers. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, not a lot to watch in this game. I guess, um, well, for starters, uh, a couple guys aren't playing. Uh, Michael Kendricks, Mike Martin, uh, Jordan Matthews, obviously. Jalen Mills uh, seems like he hurt himself in the last game. Uh, Hunter Sharp. Oh my god, uh, I
2: thought Jalen Mills was superhuman. I like Superman. I'm, I'm I don't know what to do
1: No, they found his uh, his Achilles heel as it were and I believe it is his Achilles. Actually, I don't know if How about Achilles, that
2: but, um, well, Let's and, just go
1: with it because it made for good wordplay <laughs> And Carson Wentz <laughs> is obviously not playing uh, and that last one really bums me out because uh, that's probably the only really well I mean, I, if you if you're a junkie, I guess you've tuned in and watch regardless. But uh, without Wentz, I think that this game it just became a lot less interesting.
2: Yeah, it lost all the juice, and and it's such a bummer because you know we've talked about it a lot, and whatever you think of the plan with Bradford and all that, like you know we we're not going to get regardless if the injury had not come, we weren't going to get to see him in action this season for a while, very likely. And um, it's our glimpse at our guy. It's our guy of the future. Like it's like. You know, I, I love him more than anyone else on the Eagles, and I don't even know him. I've seen him play in an Eagles uniform for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and, and he's my favorite Eagle because he has to be because he's the future. So it's really, um, it, it's really a tough spot. But I guess for me, the, the couple things that I want to see is, is, like I mentioned, some of that youth, and especially on the O-line there, getting, seeing Samalu get that start. Is it Samalu or Sayomalu?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's Sayamalo, and he's getting, Sayamalo. The start at, he's getting the start at left guard. Left guard, correct.
2: Yeah. And Barber at right tackle, obviously a sign that they are uh, potentially not that sure of Lane Johnson, the veracity of Lane Johnson's uh, appeal. But uh, I'm interested to see how he looks out there and see what that line's going to look like. Obviously, uh, a line that without Lane Johnson and now losing the one, the only Dennis Kelly, Um definitely gonna Ugh. be thin so you would think that um you know they might be looking to bring a veteran and after those first or second round of cuts but uh regardless what is there anything else that stands out to you outside i mean third they, peterson said that bradford's gonna play and then the starters likely are gonna play at least a quarter maybe even more uh do you want to see them that much is there anything you're excited to see with those guys or is it just yeah i cannot business as
1: usual here <laughs> Who cares? I I always like.
2: I agree. Games. I really do. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna I'm in agreement <laughs> with you.
1: Yeah, this should be the headline. <laughs> BGN Radio 180. Who cares? Who cares? Um, so, uh, hey, that was one of my watching, favorite you.
2: drops. I have the Bill Belichick going. Who cares? And I, okay. I it's a great drop. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, preseason is always about the young guys, you know. Um, so I guess I'm looking to see, you know, can these guys who have had hot camps, maybe uh, a couple of these UDFAs, some of these later round picks. Uh, you know, Jalen Mills is out, but you know, will Alex, Alex, McAllister do something? Will Stephen means, you know, continue to do something and, and take Marcus Smith's job? Um, uh, who else? Oh, Paul Turner. That's the name that that's the name on everybody's mind right now. I know, I know you were just, you just been dying to talk about Paul Turner, but not Timmy you know, Turner. No, not, not, and not Tina Turner. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, so Paul Turner, the, the wide receiver, um, he, uh, he, he could, be something, you know, he, and this is a position that like we said before, we've, we're pretty weak at. So, you know, if you're thinking about, do you want Paul Turner or do you want Chris Givens? I wonder if you're thinking, you know, if you, the tie goes to Chris Given, uh, to Paul Turner. Um, so I, I was what,
2: actually thinking neither, but keep going.
1: Yeah, well maybe, but, um, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I just see the, see that the, uh, the just see some of the young guys, you know, that's always kind of fun. You know, what guys can play special teams? Like I said before, uh, Eric Rowe cannot play special teams. Um, you know, maybe seeing a little bit more of that that second-team defense. You know, Jalen Watkins now in, in year three, he's looking like a man among boys, which is about where you'd expect him to be. That's pretty good. Um, a few things like that. But, um, you know, other than that, I don't think there's a lot to uh, to really get that excited about.
2: Yeah, that that's my takeaway as well. I uh, have very, very, very little to get excited about. Um, so with that in mind, how about we just move on to the Twitter mailbag, which I am way, way more excited about, uh, no offense to the game itself, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not an exciting team that much right now and certainly not exciting in games that don't have a lot of, um, a lot or any meaning really. And then, uh, and then you add in the fact that there just aren't a ton of really intriguing position battles right now that, um, you know, it just, uh, kind of makes for a lackluster, uh, preseason. So, it's Twitter time, Maddie. Let's, uh, let's jump in here. Let's start with our, our good buddy, uh, always uh, a big time contributor to the, the BGNR mailbag, Mr. Matt Grumbach. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Grumbach. Uh, okay. Speaking of trades, who on the Eagles has the best trade value but is also a realistic trade candidate?
1: Uh, well, I think the clear answer to that is Connor Barwin. I don't really think that he's a fit in the 4-3. I don't think he plays with his hand on the ground very well. Um, and I do think that, you know, a lot of his value comes from, you know, dropping him 20-ish percent of the time. So, uh, to me, it w- that would be Connor Barwin. Um, I guess the only the only negatives would be, like I said, not like a really great pass rusher, and he's not cheap. But uh, I think that hands down, the realistic trade candidates on the team uh, with the best value would probably, yeah, it would have to be Barwin. I mean, unless you want to think like Bradford.
2: Yeah, I think Barwin. I Bradford, not really for me. I mean, it, I think Barwin's the clear one. Darren Sproles, theoretically, mm. you could think as the season goes a little along with the. Um, I could see him being a, a candidate. Um, you know, I honestly think Chase Daniel might be more of a candidate than than Bradford, just from the you know. Not the worst contract if someone thought he could start or need him in a pinch. But even still, I don't I don't see any of those quarterbacks getting moved. I, I really think that Connor Barwin is a, a perfect answer. Sproles uh, wouldn't shock me, though, especially if they start to get out of it. Uh, all right. Uh, and then, all right, so Matt Grumbach also uh, uh, came back with a, a DGB one and, and asked, uh, do you find it odd that the Eagles dealt from a position of weakness to add – up to a position of weakness and said better question why rob peter to pay paul hashtag dad expressions Uh now you are perhaps perhaps the world's foremost king whatever you want to say it of dad expressions so (laughs) this is really your your wheelhouse here
1: it's funny when i uh when i first met my girlfriend she said that one of the things she noticed about me was that i talked like a dad (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I th- I, think I was I think I was 23 at the time so I don't know I don't know what to make of that. Anyway, um
2: sounds, dude, sounds dude dead on. if
1: you're if you're robbing Peter uh and all he's got is Dennis Kelly on him, I'm not really sure that that's like that's not that's that's you know a, that's a misdemeanor. So, I don't really think that um I don't know. I mean he, a couple of people got into this and I guess I could sort of see why you might take a look at Dennis Kelly and be like, I don't know, he's something. You can sort of do something, but like Realistically speaking, he's not anything. He's off this team next year. You know, he might as well be off this team this year and we can get a look at some tall guy who can run. Um, so that will probably be my that will probably be my thing is that that we didn't really depleted a position of weakness and, and we like kind of maybe perhaps addressed a position of weakness.
2: Yeah, I think I think O line is a position of weakness, but I think more so the fact Dennis Kelly is not anything like it. it yeah, it, he was he like, wasn't reassuring me. Really at all. But it, you know the whole Peter Paul thing, I don't get that. I'm Jewish, Matt uh, uh, Matt Grumbact as well. You know that, sir. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to another uh, loyal listener, good buddy at uh, Stephen Lee down in Florida. Steve asks, uh, not that you'd show much anyway, but does it annoy you when teams schedule to play each other in the regular season? I'm assuming. He, uh, play in the preseason beforehand.
1: Um, why don't you take this one? I don't care. Uh, I guess. I guess I care. I mean, whatever. The only, Here's only... the
2: thing. I would. I would only care if I cared about the preseason, which I don't, and thus don't care.
1: Sorry, I talked over you John, edit that out. Um,
2: <laughs> I'm doing the editing, so. Oh, are you doing the editing. All right, just care? edit
1: that out. Um, sorry, that was, that was that was shitty of me. I thought <laughs> no, you were. All right, like I don't want to do this. One um,
2: person, it's okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess it only bothers me in week three, and beyond, even then, you know, I'm sort of like, oh, uh, you know, now they won't get to, like, show some, like, neat wrinkle, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I guess it bothers me a little bit, but we'll be okay.
2: All right, at toe row, uh Ted, it says on Twitter, is Huff expendable now that G- DGB is here? I would argue that huff was expendable before he was there but uh matt what do you think about old joshy
1: no i don't think huff is expendable because he's still the only one who can return kicks
2: wow so. look at this we've got the you know to, we need to find a name uh, look view. i don't like john is I the stan you're the you're the stuff the josh huff supporter the the, the the i don't know i don't know it's certain let's put it this way i i I like Josh from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a lot more than I like Josh Huff, right?
1: <laughs> Josh I Chan. Um, I love yes. Josh Huff as much as I love Josh ah, Chan. Both
2: four-letter last names, though. Weird. Yeah. Uh, what but, does but it look mean, I mean, Matt? We- what
1: does it mean? We've all said this. The only other guy on the team who can really return kicks, I think Jalen Mills might have done it a little bit, and I think Chris Givens can do it too. And I think, given the choice, <laughs> given the choice between Huff and Chris Givens, I think mm-hmm. that. Um, and if if Jalen Mills is going to have any sort of role, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure what a good returner he is anyway. But you know, Huff is a pretty good returner. I know none of us like him. I get it. Please don't tell me. Please don't write me an email saying how much you don't like Josh Huff. Please write Brandon an email instead. He loves that. Um, yeah, I would think that um, Huff would make the team just because he's a returner, and I don't think DGB really changes the fact that Huff is still the only returner we have.
2: All right, Turtleneck, it's at Swavy721. I always think of you as being quite swavy, Matt. Um,
1: <laughs> like almost suave?
2: Yeah, you know, kind of like a, a combination between wavy and suave, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. All right, on the Eagles linebacker, on any ideas on who would be a nice fit or they could pursue a hybrid safety that could make a switch to LB. I'm kind of confused
1: by that one, Matt. Yeah, I don't know any hybrid safeties. Are sort of. I don't
2: odd. think they're really on a linebacker hunt either. Yeah, and that's sort of an
1: it. oddball kind of position to talk about hybrid safeties, and
2: certainly right, see, like Matt. But yeah, uh, this, uh, yeah. the, the, where's DM Buchanan when you need him, right? DM mm-hmm. Buchanan at all costs. Um, but seriously, Matt, uh, uh, this is this is my fault. This is me not actually reading the questions before I do them on air. So I Uh I tweeted out that I would answer all questions. So, you know, I'm going to answer all questions. The one I didn't put in here was, what do you think of DGB? And I figured that was kind of answered in the beginning part of the show. So I decided to avoid that one. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, All right. Let's move on. John Afan, Johnny Williams, asked, is the potential Lane Johnson suspension basically a first-round pick for the Cowboys? I don't get that one either. Do you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think if you're talking about a division rival, possibly losing their right tackle, that's basically another first round pick. Yeah. Right. It
2: kind of is right.
1: Yeah. 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 I think, I think if you really, if you look at anything, it could potentially turn out well for the Cowboys.
2: I think it already has. (laughs) That's right. Is, is the key, right? Okay, good. All right. Moving on. Uh, at, Not my real emails. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm going to troll here. Over-under on DGB touchdowns, 30. Of course, that's not including the deep playoff run we now go on. Uh, How about we take the zero out, and I'll give you an over-under of three.
1: Yeah, I think he had four last year. Um, So, man, that, that that could be a good baseline. I guess it depends on playing time. You know, does he earn it? Last year, you know, you get the sense that his playing time wasn't really earned. It was just sort of given, so yeah, three yeah
2: I I, I, I I would think of it if I had to take the, the uh, over under I might go under if I had to but let's also not forget you know because the Eagles receivers suck ass we've talked about that a lot but at the same time he's coming from a team where Kendall Wright was the best receiver on the team so uh, let's and even though Kendall Wright maybe would be the best uh, Eagles receiver but let's not get carried away with the whole you know DGB superstar thing because um he's not. Um, all right, thoughts on DGB? I said I would skip that. I apologize. Uh, you're going to have to answer this one, Matt, because I have no clue. From at St. Papazo. Uh, no, that's actually St. Papazo. It's actually at Killikow. Uh, how many of the girls from Mambo Number no. 5 are real?
1: Uh, so I think that there's a popular piece of trivia that says that there are nine girls named in Mambo Number no. 5. Okay. And I will say half of them. Over half of them are real. I'll say five girls from Mama Number Five are real. Oh man!
2: See, I don't know. I've never heard this before.
1: You've never heard the song Mama I Number Five. I know the song. The, okay. The,
2: um, I'm going to say all nine are, are live. I don't. I don't fuck with it. I believe it. I'm. A, okay. I'm a, uh, you know, if you're going to put the names in there, I think it's well, true. Uh,
1: believe, believe in your dreams, James. It
2: was it Lou Vega or Lou Begg or whatever? I'm yeah, a, Lou Vega. I'm a right, Lou Vega guy. I have no, who am here. I to say Lou is lying? I would never do such a thing. It's an outrage. <laughs> okay. Uh, from uh, at Rainus underscore O, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how much are you guys excited for this season, Matt? I'll let you go first.
1: Uh I guess I'm like a 6. I mean I know that that I I probably fall on the high end here so I assume James you're going to go with a 1 or maybe some some very small number, negative number, I don't know. I don't want to cut you off but uh I'd say I like a 6. I think um I just like the Eagles, you know. I like football. I like I like watching football. I like sort of getting mad about football. Uh you know, I just really enjoy the experience. So, you know, I'm watching this and I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, this could be something. We could have something here and i don't know i mean we we watched a lot we've watched a lot of bad football you know we, we like went through all of last season and it was horrible and i was excited for it every week so anyway yeah probably put me at about a six
2: you totally stole my thunder now when i say negative 37 it doesn't have the same impact matt you're just gonna um, have to go
1: bigger negative no, 237 no, look
2: i'm always excited for the eagles but i, I will say this and I, and I mean it honestly this is the first time i've ever even come close to being more excited for fantasy football than I am for the Eagles. And I still wouldn't root against the Eagles for fantasy, but at the same time, like, um, I could win a championship in fantasy. I got some good teams, some good keepers, you know, and going into some some drafts. The Eagles can't. So um, for that reason, I I have some semblance of a little more excitement. But um, I'll say this. I'm a 10 for whatever day Carson Wentz finally steps on the field Yes, for real. I'm I'm a 10-plus for that. Otherwise, legitimately, I'm low.
1: Here's one for you. I think I I might have talked about this in the text thread, but uh, uh, I'm not even sure if you saw it. But uh, all right, if I give you four to one odds that Carson Wentz was the – well, at this point. uh, If I give you four to one odds that – let's say eight to one odds that Carson Wentz was the week one starter, would you take it? No. No?
2: No, I don't think there's any chance it happens.
1: All right. I, I sort of was thinking earlier on that this could I mean, be mean, like-
2: I, I would I, I w- I, I, you're saying uh, – but uh, the point is I would – how about this? I'd give you the 100 to 1 odds that he's not the starter. I'm saying he's not going to be the starter. I give 100 to 1 odds. That's how strongly I feel that he will not be the starter week
1: one. All right. What about by week four? Would you take 8 to 1 odds? So that's after the bye. Ooh. I'd probably
2: go 20 to 1.
1: Really? 20? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I sort of thought that there was a chance that they I could think, be pulled.
2: I remember, I, the, remember the whole i, like, I Matt take Flynn better odds thing. that it's Chase Daniel week Four than Wentz.
1: Mm, I don't know. All right. This is a conversation for another day. But. It
2: is. Okay. Uh, two more questions to go, and then one, one last one. And then we'll, we'll get out of your hair here. Uh, B, uh, this is a weird one. Um, so uh, do with it what you will. BGN staff has a party. Next morning, someone finds poop in their shoe. Whose shoe was it? And who's the pooper? Hashtag Who Done It.
1: Uh, it's Patrick. And John's Hsu. the
2: pooper, right?
1: Yeah, and it's Patrick. Obviously. Uh huh.
2: And it's Patrick's Shoe. That, yeah. that was uh, such a no-brainer. We really didn't even need to think about it.
1: Uh, yeah, Patrick is up. the king of impractical footwear, and anybody would be lucky to poop in those.
2: Yes, uh, some sort of weird alligator boot, something I could Wing totally tip. see. That
1: open sold yeah. thing that he wears whatever with jeans
2: whatever is and... gonna yeah. be cool in a year is what it is because yeah. he's ahead of the trend like that that was from Han solo 619 on Twitter Jayhan. all right uh, uh, two more only one more though uh, football related we've got Tyler Hampton at Taekwo Tyler I like that one uh, over under uh, four TDs for DGB we already
1: did that but how about this one
2: over under 10 games started for Ryan
1: Matthews hmm See, I would put it right about 10. What are we talking about started?
2: It just says over under 10 game story. So I just wanted to say, I mean, like, is he the primary ball carrier for 10 games?
1: Yeah, well, so that's a a different question. But I would probably say that uh, I would go the under just because I feel like if he gets hurt early, if he takes his little little season vacation early, that uh, they could just go to Kenyon and stay there. Um, yeah. i would think that that would probably be like a reasonable thing for us to see this season did you Is say that- kenya they're going yeah. to africa yeah they're just no, going to go to kenya that. and stay hey, there hey, they're gonna hey. to look over they're gonna see all the animals no, are-
2: I, I think that's a good call especially yeah. like i said looking towards the future matthew's not signed long term and uh, uh i could also we mentioned guys before if he did stay healthy i could see matthews being the kind of guy who theoretically could get traded as well but um Uh, regardless, I'm with you. I would take the under on 10, but if he does stay healthy for more than that, I I really do like him. He's a terrific runner. He runs, you know, ferociously and, and I I like him, but, um, again, I really, I, I I would take the under on, on eight, on seven, probably if I had to, just cause, um, you know, that's what the odds say is going to likely happen. All right. Uh, Matt, one more, uh, wanted to end on here. Um, and it's from, uh, uh, you know, Arif Hassan NFL, I guess is an NFL writer. Will you be firing at Ben Natan anytime soon? Um, first of all, uh, 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 ask Brandon Lee Gowden as he loves those types of questions. But seriously, like, uh, I I just got to say this. I don't, uh, what the hell is, uh, is people's problem with what Ben wrote? I, I thought it was a really thoughtful article about the situation. I thought that he was really ripping DGB as a player more than as a person. Uh, you know, said he was willing to give people second chances, just generally said that this team is tough to root for because of the collection of guys that they've put here. And guess what? He's not that wrong. Either way, what Matt and I said before, is you can't tell anyone how to watch your football, how to care about their football and and. To rip Ben, and, and he was getting ripped, and the fact that we actually got this question is is a joke. Uh, and I don't know if Arif is joking or not. If if he's not, then sorry, Arif, I'm not your biggest fan, but if it's a joke, that's fine. Uh, but I, it's just outrageous to me. Listen, like, if you don't agree with him, that's fine, but it, just because he's out there saying that he doesn't like domestic violence and has a hard time rooting for someone who has domestic violence in their past, that's not an awful thing to say. I'm sorry, like... You know, it's it's a ridiculous thing to give him crap for. I, I thought it was – I was happy he wrote the piece. I thought it was a good piece. And uh, whether you agree with it or not, remember the main juxt, uh, you know, uh, point of the piece was about uh, Beckham as a player more than as a person uh, and just that he didn't think that he was going to be a good player and thus didn't like the trade from that perspective. But um, I, I don't know. I, we got that question in the mailbag, Matt, and I just thought it was it, – it's just so silly, like – You know, uh, oh well, they are friends. I'll I'll put that out
1: there. Okay, good. So,
2: Arif, you're my guy. I apologize, but but the point was we there was stuff like Ben was going back and forth with people. He was getting legitimate hate for this article.
1: Yeah, so that's ridiculous. I it it, it, it was it was a good article. You should all read it, Um, and then please don't comment but um please don't read the comments but it was a good article i mean ben just sort of wrote about some facts some things he thought some things he felt i mean it's just this is like a pretty straightforward article about a touchy subject and i don't know all right well anyway yeah, yeah it, it's listen. pretty it's pretty disappointing to see how how yeah. uh, people would treat one of our own that way but
2: especially when listen like whatever we want to say about football and we're all Eagles fans and we all care about this team and and you ultimately you know like Seinfeld always said, we root for the laundry. I'm going to care about the Eagles long after Dorial Beckham, you know, Green Beckham is here and gone. Um, you know, assuming I don't die first. so fingers crossed. Um, but, you know, all kidding aside, like, it's more the point that just because Ben doesn't want to root for this guy doesn't mean that you have the right to get mad at him or tell him he should be fired or whatever. Just because he brings up the point that this guy has a an ugly past and, and has seemingly done some awful atrocious things that you know what a lot of people could never forgive. So, um, you know, just in, in these types of cases, uh, you know, I know everyone has different perspectives and everyone has different feelings, but um, you know, don't bash someone just for for putting out there how they feel and, and actually having the balls to speak up on a subject like this considering, you know, kind of Going after a, a player in that sense, so um, or at least putting how he feels about it. So uh,
1: uh, we got we got we got a few more questions.
2: Oh, we oh, got wait. some rolling in.
1: Yeah, we got some late some late entries here from Eagles Intel. Uh, I don't uh, know if you right, want to go to them.
2: Right, right at me, off the right. cuff.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I guess this one's to John. I'm not John. Sorry. Uh, if James wasn't your right hand man, who would co-star with you in the next Marvel superhero movie, and who's your villain? <laughs> uh, you uh who, you from. Uh, for my right hand man, I will probably take. I'll probably take Patrick. Right, he's got that dry sense of humor. I bet he's got oh, some yeah. bon mots. You know, Gorgeous. he could like, yeah, and he could punch he someone and be able, like, "That's you. gonna hurt." You know, oh, yeah. it's a good he one. Could, he could pull that. <laughs> it's terrible. It's anyway, great. It's great. He, he could pull that off. Uh, and for the villain, I gotta take John. You know, you put that guy wow. in, like, in like the right sort of suit, and he's got that voice. Yes, think, and like, the
2: voice and and mm-hmm. the goatee. You know, there, there's something about him. You could also do BLG. James Earl Barchard. Yeah, yeah you could also do BLG because, you know, he's 15 feet tall and never <laughs> sleeps and might be a vampire, which obviously has been a villain in many things. So um, I think there's some potential there as well. Good answers, though, Matt. I, li- I like that a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the nonsense questions.
1: Yeah, questions. and we have a little good deal like this next one then. <laughs> uh, who wins the Olympic Games from the crew? Swimming, track, gymnastics, wrestling, and others of your choice?
2: Ooh.
1: Uh, oh, I guess oh, I'll man. take gymnastics. Ben, he's got that. He's you know he's not the tallest guy. He's got the low center of gravity, and yeah, obviously but he's got he's, you know, he, and I he's ripped eighteen that. ways from Sunday. He's so big I'm gonna, time
2: ripped. I could see him doing yeah. like the rings and yeah, the yeah, pommel yeah, horse for sure.
1: That. I bet. I bet Ben's the only one who could get through a gymnastics routine I without think hurting himself. That so I will is a really definitely give one. it to Ben. Yeah.
2: And obviously, we could just stick BLG at center for any international basketball team. He'd be a great stretch five. Uh, oh, I bet BLG would be really
1: good at beach volleyball.
2: Yes, that too, spiking mm-hmm. the crap out of that. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, are there any events where I could sit around and watch TV? I feel like I would be terrific in those events.
1: Uh, are there any events where I could sort of stay on the outside and make uncomfortable jokes? Yes, you would be
2: great at that. Yes, that event is called Twitter every day.
1: <laughs> so. uh, uh, wasting my life. Well, all right, Um,
2: so real quick, let me spin that one. What Olympic event, let's just go summer because that's what we're watching. What Olympic event do you think you would be the best at if you had to, like, say, train for six months and compete in it or something?
1: uh, Well, I already know how to swim, so I'll say swimming.
2: Okay. I am an amazing table tennis player.
1: Are you just really? kidding.
2: I'm oh. I'm just really good. I'm not amazing. I don't. I'm not like Olympics or hitting it off the Man. wall against myself or whatever. But I'm pretty good at it. I feel like with right. a lot of training and stuff, I could be. And I play with flair, Matt. Like I'm not just you know your boring old hit it back and forth. Like I'm diving. I'm I'm yelling. I'm I'm like the John McEnroe of table tennis.
1: Yeah. Do you throw the do you throw the paddle and, and yell at your wife? No. Come I mean,
2: on. What was that? Whatever. You,
0: I'm not you a, gotta I'm not be.
2: A... I'm not a maniac, Matt. That's my <laughs> wife. God. Now, if someone uh, were trying to tell me that the ball were out and it weren't in, I would absolutely yell at
1: them. Yeah, but that's, sure, you sure, know. sure, sure, um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what could Patrick do? Patrick,
2: uh, I could see Patrick doing the high jump. He's yeah, got a bit of the height. He's got that kind of lanky body where he would. I could see him doing putting the thing in and doing the little graceful like pirouette over the the. The bar, don't you think? Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I just yeah. listened to a thing about a, about an Olympic high jumper named Sergey Bubka. Who How about uh, that? He uh, he broke his own world record 35 times.
2: Wow! Really?
1: Yeah, he broke the world record 35 times, including just incrementing it by a centimeter. Because uh, he was a Soviet guy, so he kept uh, they they gave him uh, rewards every time he broke it. So he was like, I got I got this all figured out. I'm just gonna bump it up the minimum amount and keep breaking my own record.
2: That's smart. Good yeah. for him. Good for yeah. him. If so I like could I think, do
1: that, I'd do that. I like to think Patrick um, would do something like that.
2: Yeah, so I think John, obviously, stone cold star in the shot put. I shot think put, he's got yes. A shot putter's yes.
1: body. Did you um, see? Uh, did you see that women's shot put? Maybe. No. They
2: kept
1: whatever. showing it. it uh, well, so there's this woman who um, uh, she was. Uh, she's the daughter of the nose tackle from the 49ers in the eighties. I'm never gonna remember, but um, it was against. It was going up against Stephen Adams of the. Um, of the Oklahoma City Thunder. The guy kept getting kicked. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's going up against his sister. I thought that was pretty
2: funny. Whoa, that is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's talking about like, some some athlete siblings and daughters and things. It's yeah, funny thing. Mm-hmm. The Olympics, so, man. I don't really watch them. Right. I hate them. I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for the question. Yeah, so I just, I
2: like Whatever, they're fine. Like It's not like I just I don't care at all. Yeah, yeah. So... Any others, Matt? Uh, no. Okay. That seems like an appropriate one to end this on. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, my friend?
1: Uh, let's try to make it out of this preseason game healthier than we made it out of the last one. You know, had a couple of injuries. Um, that would be nice. Also, I haven't done any research on this, but, like, Michael Kendricks, you are not endearing yourself. You had a bad year last year, and you're, like, you're always hurt you know something's up like uh i guess i guess I, I didn't mention him but i feel like um the, the question about barwin but i feel like uh, i'm not sure if kendrick has any value but he could be somebody that potentially be traded you know so yeah, it's a
2: good call as well uh because i do I, mean, I mean it's an easy contract to move
1: and it actually looks like it's not that easy but um unfortunately but you know maybe really? next year but, i mean it's yeah, not a but,
2: bad contract considering even though he's not the best player it's still not a bad uh, contract.
1: yeah it's four six to cut and then um one eight to, to trade so you know okay, uh so i don't know but even still like come on dude you got to play and you got to get your head right because because uh, i don't know i guess i guess that would be the thing i'm worried about because that guy doesn't practice at all
2: yeah i i'm with you there and uh it's uh, I got one positive for you, Matt. Carson Wentz cannot get hurt this game because he's not playing. So there we That's go. Right. And uh, as my dog Ruben says, it's it's time to end this podcast. That's gonna do it uh, for episode 180 of BGN Radio, your Steelers preview show. Again, remember to check out. Don't go to the phones with Hegelbahn, uh, Mr. Trevor Strunk, and uh, Mr. Matt Daring. Uh, oh wow, well, whom on Twitter? I guess I haven't said that. I think most people know the Oh Well Whom uh, handle. It is legendary. And, of course, you can hear him on the post-game show. And uh, check me out this week in Fantasy. i got a new episode with Sigmund Bloom coming out this week. uh, So that will be fun as well. Uh, And, Matt, that's going to do it, buddy. This was fun, man.
1: Yeah, take it easy, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Good times. I'm going to go before my dog uh, barks. Before I kill him is really what it is, but uh, I won't because I love my dog very much, but uh, I'm going to go take him out because he has to go to the bathroom is my guess why he's barking. So uh, for everyone, it's been fun doing a little uh, DGB talk and some dog talk and some other stuff. So for Matt Daring, I am James Seltzer. Uh, We'll be back with you uh, after the game against the Steelers with our our postgame coverage. Uh, Matt Daring heading that up and... uh, I'll be back with you soon as well with some uh, some fun stuff coming down the pike. Again, James Seltzer, Matt Daring. This has been episode 180 of BGN
0: Radio. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.
2: Uh, did, hold on one sec. Ruben! Stop it. You're being a little jerk.
1: Does that work? That doesn't work. Yeah, a little bit, kind of. <laughs>
2: right, so um, I'll remember to edit that. What time was that at? That is uh, 57. Right.
1: Uh, that, should be the, that should be the Easter egg.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll figure that. out. That's a good idea. Yeah.